Praise the Lord. I want to continue from where we stopped off when I was sharing with you, hearing from God. Go ahead, let's pray. I'd like you to pray in the Holy Ghost these few minutes. Le Korama Shekra de la Masokra Dadevaske. Roske so grateska zavli sola prekatoska pangali kaduka sando karimande. Mondere kasko krapalisko pashikra deleboske. Mangleda sekto kava sektevlilo shanglelebe kakoska kratila. Montakila bashanda. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for the Holy Spirit you've given to us. The Holy Spirit who leads and guides us. The Holy Spirit who teaches us all things. Oh, precious Holy Spirit of God, we are ready for your ministry in our midst. Thank you for teaching us the word of God, expounding to us the scriptures and granting us understanding. Thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And I want to come with you uh, to you with the word of God. The word of God that enriches our lives. The word of God that takes us from one level of glory to the other. You know, the Bible says that the commandment is a light. So the law is a lamp, you know. It's so important that we understand the word of God and have perfect understanding of all things. God never left us in the middle of a desert as to um, how we understand him, as to how we love him, as to how we walk with him. He gave us his word so that we'll be um, informed concerning everything that has to do with him. God didn't leave us in limbo. God came to us in his word. His word is a guiding light. Like I said in the book of Proverbs chapter 6, verse 23, it says, For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is a light, and the reproofs of instructions are the way of life. So the word of God that comes to us is a light and is a lamp. David said, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and light to my path. I started with a series of teaching on hearing from God. How important is this subject? Jesus Christ, on the day of his temptation, brought out a scripture that was first said by Moses in the book of Deuteronomy. He said that you might know that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. God's word is our food. God's word is what our spirit feeds on. He said that you might know that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Anybody who is very acquainted with the miraculous will let you know that hearing from God is the basics. It is the beginning of all the supernatural things that happen in the scriptures. You know, right from the book of Genesis, what you see is that, and God said, and God said, and God said. It is what God said that always uh, brings God's performances. Everything God says is what takes you to the next level. So when a man has not heard God, a man has not heard what God has said, that man will continually walk in darkness. So why this topic, hearing from God? From the very first um, Sunday I started on this subject, I made you understand a few things from the scriptures. And today, we'll take it to another level. I started with Romans chapter 8, verse 26. I started from verse 26. And that scripture says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we don't know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself making intercession for us with growing which cannot be uttered. Verse 27 says, And he that searcheth the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. What does that show us? That God has a will. God has a will. So God speaks. God still speaks today. And God speaks to our hearts. God speaks to us today. Now, sometimes people ask that question. How do I know if this is the voice of God? How do I know this is my mind? That's the reason for this subject, hearing from God. 
And I believe you are listening um, very much with rapt attention to understand because there are certain basics that you will need in your life to understand before we now come to hearing from God. The life of a Christian will be any ordinary life until he begins to hear from God, until he begins to contact the supernatural. What did Mary tell the people? He said, whatsoever he says to you, do it. Because all the miracles come from what he says. So obeying the voice of God, like uh, I, I said, obedience is God's language. But what is obedience if you don't hear the voice of God? Some Christians never hear the voice of God. They live all their life never hearing from God. You know, sometimes they are surprised when they hear other people say, and I heard God tell me, and I heard God tell me. Most of the time, most miracles, almost all miracles are coming from what God said. Because God is only entitled to his word. God is not entitled to our tears or to our emotions. God is always entitled to his word. So God responds to his word. The Bible says that he cannot deny himself. So God responds to his word. God does not respond to our shouting. God does not respond to, his, to our tears. God responds to his word. So every Christian needs to know. He said that you may know that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. At this time, he was not referring to by, by every word which is written. No, at this time, it's not what is written. It's about by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So a man who constantly hears from God, that man will continually watch in perpetual victory. So that is the life that God has called us to live. So it's so important that we understand hearing from God. It's so important. The Bible says, and Abraham heard, and Abraham and Moses heard. So all faith stems from this stems from the voice of God, not just the word of God. It stems from the voice of God. What has God said? When you go according to what God has said, you will see the results that God wants you to have. That you may know that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, in considering hearing from God, there's a very important part that we need to get, and that is the foundation, that's the basics of the message. You cannot understand hearing from God until you understand the will of God. Now, why do we have to set the foundation of the will of God? Because sometimes you have some people say very erroneous things about God. So God told me I should go for this person's husband. Now, when you don't understand the will of God, you will go for somebody's husband, whereas in the will of God, you know that it is not possible. Now, I made a statement the last time I started this topic. I said, God um, cannot tell you something that is not in his will. So anytime you hear the voice of God that is outside the will of God, then you know that you have not heard God. The voice could be familiar, but it is not God because God will never say anything outside his word. God is only committed to his word and God speaks in consistency with his word. The Bible says that he's not the author of confusion. So he will not write one and say another. Everything he has written is what he will retreat, is what he, was, he has said. Bible says concerning the scriptures that holy men spoke as to were moved by the Holy Ghost. That means the Holy Ghost who speaks in our hearts is the one who authored the scriptures. So he will never speak anything opposite to what he has written in the scriptures. The scriptures are supposed to be the reference material for all the things that the, that the Holy Spirit speaks in our hearts. So it's very important that we understand the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. He's not there to say something different from what is in the word of God. So you, we, we cannot start the topic of hearing from God. We cannot even start exercising our spiritual senses. We'll come to that. We, we cannot even start exercising our spiritual senses when we don't know the foundation, when we don't have the will of God. I want, to, I want to open your Bibles to a scripture, Colossians chapter 1. I want to read verse 9. It says, For this cause also, we also since the day we heard, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye may be filled with the knowledge of his will. God desires that you be filled with the knowledge of his will because it's the knowledge of his will that forms the foundation of hearing from God. You know, some people think they have a special relationship with God outside the word of God. We live in that kind of generation where some people 
think they have a special relationship with God outside the word of God. It's not possible because it is the will of God that will now tell you, when you hear the voice, will tell you that this is God. You will have to compare it to what the scriptures have said. So the will of understanding the will of God is too important. We can never talk about this subject of hearing from God when we don't understand the will of God. What is the will of God? How important is the will of God? Jesus Christ began to teach his disciples how to pray. He says, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That means the subject of God's will is what controls God's relationship with us. That's what controls God's relationship with us. Every Christian needs to understand that before you say, I want to do this, understand that God too has a will. What is God's will? And when you get born again, you come under the government of God's will. He says, thy will be done on earth, not, not just as we want, it will be done as it is in heaven. So God has a will, and that will is what we superimpose on earth. David said in Psalm 82, he said, they know not, and that will they understand. They walk on in darkness. He said, all the foundations of the earth are out of course. The world we see today is in shambles because it has been taken, its foundation has been taken out of course. What puts it in course? What puts it in course is when it aligns with the will of God. It's only the will of God that puts this thing in alignment. When a man's will is aligned with the will of God, that's when the man begins to enjoy heaven on earth. He said, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when a man's will is aligned with the will of God, that man begins to enjoy heaven on earth. That's the only way that man's life will have divine, constant divine access. Your Christianity will be natural until you have come under the government of God's will. Understand. He said in Romans chapter 8 verse 27, And he that sets in the heart knoweth what's the mind of the spirit. The spirit has a mind. God has a mind. God is not a, a table. God is not a chair. God is not a TV. God is not something you talk to to give you something. God has a mind. He's thinking something. He's doing something. He said, He that sets in the heart knoweth what is the mind of the spirit. For he maketh intercession for the saints. Not just intercession for the saints, the spirit makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. God is only entitled to his will, he's only entitled to his word. The day you will discover this and start aligning yourself with the will of God for your life, you will start walking the supernatural. Too many Christians walk in the natural. Too many uh, Christians live an ordinary life because they've not been exposed to the will of God. If there's anything in your life that you want to you, you want to bank your life on, it should be on the will of God. What is the will of God? What is the will of God? Not what do I want to do? What is the will of God? When a man discovers the will of God and goes in pursuit of the will of God, that man will enjoy heaven on earth. That man will experientially live the life that he's supposed to live because when it's aligned with the will of God, you see perpetually the hand of God. So today, we're going to look at the will of God. What is the will of God? How do we access the will of God? What is the will of God? I want to open your Bible to the book of Romans, chapter 12. It says from verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove that which is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. I love the verse 2. It said, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. It says, when you renew your mind, you will be able to prove. Oh, some Christians say we will never be able to know the word of God. We will never be able to know the will of God. God works in mysterious ways. And they bring out scriptures like your ways are not my ways. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. When you say that scripture very well, that scripture was not written to God's people. It was written to the heathen. It, God told the heathen to the prophet Isaiah that his ways were not the ways of the heathen. The children of God are supposed to know the will of God 
Otherwise, how are they supposed to please him? If they never know the will of God, how are they going to please him? It will be very absurd for God to expect us to please him when he doesn't want us to know his will. So God did not leave us in the sky. He don't leave us in no man's land. He brought to us his will. So he says, be not, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He says, when your mind is renewed, he said, you'll be able to prove. That's a beautiful thing. Now, I said, this is the foundation of the topic. This is the foundation of hearing from God. Your ability to prove. How can you tell this is God? How can you tell this is not God? How can you tell this is the voice of the devil? You know, sometimes it's not, it's not, it's not uh, difficult to find out the devil is speaking. It's not difficult at all to find out the devil is speaking. Once the voice comes and the voice begins to accuse, when you have the knowledge of the scriptures, you will know that this is, this is how the devil, this is the modus operandi of the devil. So you, you get to know that this is the devil speaking because God does not accuse you. So how do you know the will of God? Is it that you may be able to prove what is the good, what is acceptable, and the perfect will of God? Over here, he brings about, um, he explains three separate will of God. The good will of God, the acceptable will of God, and the perfect will of God. What is the good will of God? I'll talk about that today. What is the good will of God? The good will of God is the general will of God. God has let us know through the scriptures that his general will. He has a will. He has a general will. A general will that we all can know. A general will that we all can come into. It's a general will. We all can understand that this is God. That this is God. Anything, any prophecy, any word, any prophet who speaks outside the general will of God is not speaking from God. This is how we know that the person is not speaking by God and is not speaking from God. Because if he says anything which is not in the general will of God, that person is not speaking from God. That general will of God or good will of God. That is what he has already stated in the scriptures. He has already stated those will in the scriptures. So how do we know the, 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 the good will of God? Because it's in the scriptures. His scriptures has already given us what the will of God is. The good will of God. When you go into the scriptures, you see that this is something God will do. This is something God will not do. When you study the scriptures, you will know what God will do and God, what God will not do. So when you begin to live your life, you begin to live it according to what the scriptures have said. Because there, you will know what is the will of God. For example, if the scriptures say, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. And you get into a relationship with a married man, you are outside the will of God. Because God has said, what he has joined together, nobody should separate. So when you get into the middle of what God is doing, you are outside the will of God. The good will of God. The general will of God. We're going to look at seven general will of God inside the scriptures. Seven general will of God. These should form the basics of your knowledge of God. So that when a word comes to you, when someone prophesies to you, when you hear a voice, you will prove. That's what he said in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. When your mind is renewed, you will be able to prove. Not that God will prove. <laughs> you will be able to prove. So you can tell. You can fine tune. You can say, this is God. This is not God. When I go into any place and people begin to prophesy, I can tell who is speaking by God, who is not speaking by God. Because first, I will test. You know the Bible says in the book of um, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. He said, let the prophets prophesy. Let a prophet speak, two or three. He said, let the others judge. How are the agents going to judge? How are you going to judge? You can only judge. Come on, go to the, the, the court. The judge is only judging because there's a document. The judge can only judge. He's not going to look at the people's face. He's going to look at the document. He's going to look at the evidences there. He's going to compare it with past things to know which kind of ruling to give. So before a man can judge, he will have to have a common document of referral. So when people begin to prophesy, I begin to judge. First of all, I judge. I judge. Two ways I do my judging. I do it through the scriptures. It's what he's saying consistent with the scriptures. If he begins to prophesy and say, God is not happy with all of you. God is not happy with all of you. I know he's speaking by the devil because God is pleased with me. God is pleased with me. God is pleased with me. 
He calls us his beloved. Jesus Christ prayed before he died. He says that God will love us the way we are, he has loved him. So God loves us. He already loves me. So when people, someone begins to prophesy, mm, there's sin here, there's sin here, there's sin here. So God is not pleased. You're going to know that that's not God speaking. God's voice does not bring that kind of confusion. You see, the gift of prophecy should not be used to witch hunt. The Bible says that prophecy is for exhortation, for edification, and for comfort. So any gift of prophecy that is witch hunting is not from God. You would love this topic, hearing from God. This is just part two. I'm sure we're going to be taking it for, for some time because we're going to come into how to use your spirit to hear God. You know, some people have lived all their Christian life depending on dreams, thinking that is the only way God speaks. You're going to make a very big mistake if you anchor your Christian life on that. You're going to make a very big mistake because those things are not substance. Oh, yes, pastor, I had a dream and it came to pass. Yes, it did come to pass, but it's not substance. It's like in a house, some using rope to climb upstairs, then some using the staircase. You can count on the one using the staircase. You cannot count on the one using the rope, even though he probably might have gotten there. One day, what if the rope tears? It is not substance. So if you want to know what really is substance, it's what the scriptures have said. Christians who bank their life on the scriptures always do well, and they last long. They last long. So let's look at seven will of God. Oh, I'm so stared as I'm going, as we are looking at this. I'm so stared. Number one, First Timothy chapter two, verse four. Oh, you love this. Maybe we'll start from verse three. He said, "For this is good and acceptable in the sight of." All right, maybe from verse one would make sense. He said, "I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for them that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life." in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Verse four, who will have all men to be saved? Number one, God wants all men saved. <laughs> Anytime you see somebody trying to preach to people and say, oh, you are going to hell. Because of what you are doing, you're going to hell. You know he's not speaking by God. Because God wants everyone saved. God will have all men to be saved. That's what he's saying. He said, who will? His will, <laughs> this is God's will. His will is that all men are saved. So when people are going to hell, it is not the will of God. That's why we go out to preach, because we know the will of God. So we don't need license from anybody to preach, because we already know that God wants all men saved. Why do we go out for soul winning? Why do we go out preaching? Because we, we, we don't need to hear a voice to go out to preach. We don't need to hear a voice. Why? Because God will have all men already saved. So we don't select who God will win because he wants all men saved. So I can approach the madman. I can approach the poor man. I can approach the rich man. You know, I, I want to say something about the gospel. Rich people are in a class of their own. Poor people are in a class of their own. Only the gospel is an equalizer. Only the gospel brings all these people. And one message applies to everybody. That's why I say the gospel is not about cars. The gospel is not about houses. That's not what the gospel is about. Because the, the message of the gospel, he said, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For all, the rich, the poor, the Jew, the Greek, everybody comes together. He said, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Then he said, now being justified freely by his grace. So the gospel is the equalizer. The grace of God has brought salvation to all men. Has brought salvation to the rich. Has brought salvation to the poor. Has brought salvation to the sick. Has brought salvation to the beggar. Has brought salvation to everybody. He said, who will have all men to be saved? So all men can be saved. All men will be saved. All men can be saved. So we can go out there knowing that God wants this man saved. He wants the cause saved. He wants every man saved. 
That's why we go out to preach. That's why we go out to the schools to preach. That's why we go out everywhere to preach. If you're not preaching, you are outside the will of God. Preaching the gospel is not for apostles. Preaching the gospel is not for prophets. Preaching the gospel is not for somebody. Preaching the gospel for every Christian. Why? Because he knows the will of God. He will have all men to be saved. Are you doing the will of God? Jesus Christ said, I must do the will of him that sent me. He said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. Jesus Christ said his food is to do the will of God. Why was Jesus so successful in ministry? Because everything about his life was about the, the Father's will, not about his will. People who live according to the Father's will, they become triumphant. They have authority in this earth. Who will have all men to be saved. God will have all men to be saved. So when we go out there to preach, we are confident that God will back our words because he will have all men to be saved. Bible says, and they went forth and preached everywhere. Look at what happened last Saturday. When everybody went out preaching the gospel, saying they went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord working with them, confirming their words with signs following. Why? Because God already will have all men to be saved. You know, if you don't think God is with you, preach and see. If you doubt whether God is with you, go out for soul winning and see. You realize he has been with you. Because the presence of God with a soul winner is something amazing. What did he say? He said, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He said, teach all nations. So baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He said, and lo, I'm with you always. The presence with the soul winner is a different thing. He said, as you go, he said, I'm with you always. And the Lord working with them. When you go out to win souls, you probably were not feeling anything before you stepped out. By the time you were talking to somebody, you know, you laid hands on the person, you realize that the power of God has been on you all this while. Because God does not sit with the sitters. He goes with the goers. Who will have all men to be saved? God will have all men to be saved. God will have all men to be saved. He will have all men to be saved. Therefore, I urge you, you know this will of God. That means you must align with that will of God. What's that will of God? That will of God that will have all men to be saved. That is the will of God. That is number one, who will have all men to be saved. Number two, and come to the knowledge of the truth. Still that same First Timothy chapter 2 verse 4. Is that who will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. What about this? God will have all men to be saved. That's number one. The second one is God will have all men come to the knowledge of the truth. Are you aware there are some Christians who have not come to the knowledge of the truth? They are still calling on the Holy Spirit to come in their services. They still lead worship and say, um, a worship leader will usher us into the presence of God. What do you mean? What do you mean by the worship leader is coming to usher us into the presence of God? Where have we been? He's not coming to usher us into the presence of God. What, what kind of nonsense is this? No worship leader has a ministry of ushering me into the presence of God. I was born in the presence of God. They don't usher me into the presence of God. Okay, he, the worship leader, where was he there before he's coming to usher me in? I can't trust someone who was not in the presence of God before. He is from his house, and me too, I'm not in the presence of God. He's not coming to usher me. What shows that it's not his grandmother's house he's taking me to? Usher me into the presence of God. No, please. I was born there. So you see, so many Christians have not come to the knowledge of the truth. You know, and, and, and the word truth over the... Um, uh, knowledge of the truth. The word is epignosis. Come to the epignosis of the truth. The full realization of the truth. I like what he said. He didn't say, and come to the knowledge of truth. He said, come to the knowledge of the truth. There is the truth. There is truth and there is the truth. The truth is the full body of God's knowledge. It's a full message. What's the knowledge of the truth? The knowledge of the truth is I'm no longer a sinner. What's the knowledge of the truth? The knowledge of the truth is that, is that you can't usher me in the presence of God. I was born in the presence of God. That's the knowledge of the truth. So many Christians are still in the seeking, looking, empty. We need you, Lord. Can you be serious? Calm down, oh Lord. Oh, I, I listened to one, a song of one young man. Calm down, oh Lord. Calm down. Jeez. The coming down of Jesus was not enough. The coming of Jesus was like, every time needy, 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 needy. Oh, if, 
I don't think I want to give birth to a child and a child will always be asking me. Once I see the child has come to maturity, I, I, I think when you want to eat, you do this. Not every time he wants to eat, he comes to me. And he wants to drink, he comes to me. He wants to bath, he comes to me. That, what, what am I? I'm not, I'm not raising him, I'm rearing him. You know, that's one thing about us. When you come in, when you, when you study the word of God and you come in our meetings and you learn the word of God, all of a sudden your language begins to change. When you stop talking like some way, I know I'm a sinner, but what do you mean? I'm a sinner saved by grace. You cannot be a sinner saved by grace. It's like saying, I'm, I'm, I'm a cat saved to be a dog. Something, you can't, you can't say that. You are either a cat or a dog. That's on period, right? You are either a cat or a dog. You either a sinner or you are saved. Either a sinner or a new creation. Now think about it. God said you are a new creation. You're also always referring to your past. Say, I'm a sinner saved by grace. No, you're not a sinner saved by grace. You're either a sinner or you are saved. I'm born again. I'm born again. I'm a child of God. That's it. That's who, who come, who have all men to be saved. And also come to the knowledge of the truth. Sometimes people wonder why sometimes we, 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 we invite people to our churches. We have every right to. Because sometimes when we hear the way they are talking, they have to leave. Because you hear the way some people are talking. And you, let me show you something. Ephesians, um, Ephesians chapter 4, from verse 12. Um, let's start from verse 11. He said, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. What's the reason for your pastor? What's the reason for your, your, your prophet? What's the reason for your, your, your evangelist? What's the reason for your, your, your teacher? He's not there to give you a miracle. I do pray for the sick. I pray for the sick. I, but that's not the reason. Because when I look into the scripture, my job description is not to be always coming to church to be praying for you to have a miracle. That's not my job description. This is my job description. He said, for the perfecting of the saints. You know, let me tell you something. By the Spirit of God, we are going to really turn this nation around with the knowledge of God. With the knowledge of God. The teachings are going to go forth. That's why I, I'm really expectant for the three, day, three nights of faith and power we're going to have in Kumasi. We are taking it there. We had it last year and yeah, we caused commotion in the air. We began to uh, uh, explain to God's people what faith is because when you, so many of God's people are eager to pray, yet the content of their prayer is wrong. He said, who have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth? He said, for the perfecting of the saints. This is, this is the reason for, for um, uh, the ministry of the pastor. He said, for the perfecting of the saints. Come on. That means God expects the saint to be perfect. Okay, then what did we hear before? That nobody's perfect. And we hear saying, and nobody's perfect, darling. And we are playing that song, and you're a Christian. Because nobody's perfect, baby. And nobody's perfect, darling. That's not in my Bible. Jesus Christ said, be ye perfect. That's your father is perfect. The moment you shut out that nobody's perfect, you don't even see the possibility of what Jesus is saying. Is that for the perfecting of the saints? That means the saints can be perfected. Anytime you come to church, that's what's going on. That's why you don't listen to charlatans who are talking outside that you don't need to go to church. You can stay in your house. Who will perfect you? When you come to the house of God, the pastor said he perfect the saint. I have a ministry of perfecting the saints. As I share with you every Sunday, you know, more than miracles happening for you, something is happening to your life. You are being perfected. You are being equipped. Is that for the perfecting of the saints? For the work of the ministry. That means the saints are supposed to do the work of the ministry. You know, we are bringing those days back where every member of the church is doing something. That's what we are, got, we are coming to. Not people coming be passive and sitting down in the house of God doing nothing. Because what you're supposed to be doing is the work of the ministry. It's for the edifying of the body of Christ. That's the reason for the word of God. That's the reason for the ministry of the pastor. Not to be always praying for you to receive a miracle. I don't like to pray for people to have a miracle twice. God gave Peter the miracle of the fish once. The rest... Peter now joined Jesus to make miracles. <laughs> the first time, Peter, he got a big catch. The next time, he was now walking with Jesus Christ. He was now witnessing the miracles. He was now arranging the souls. 
Say, so, okay, you come for a miracle from Jesus. The next thing, after he walked with Jesus Christ, he was a partaker of the miracle ministry. Now he now became, became a work of miracles until his shadow began to heal the sick. Even Jesus did not have that kind of manifestation for the edifying of the body of Christ. Then verse 13, he says, till we all come, you see, to all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. We are all coming. I tell you, all those who don't know it and those who know it, that's why we keep preaching. That's why we keep giving. That's why we are putting pastor's messages on TV. That's why we are giving for Rhapsody because we are all coming to the knowledge of the truth. Go back to 1 Timothy 2, verse 4. So who have all men saved? Not only saved, he said, but also come to the knowledge of the truth. So number two, to come to the knowledge of the truth. What's number one? Have all men saved. So that means we understand and we know that anytime we step out to preach, we are already in the will of God. We are aware that, yes, we are bringing all men to the knowledge of the truth. Bible says, and the knowledge of the glory of God shall cover the earth as the water cover the sea. He didn't say the, the glory of God. You know, sometimes we read that scripture wrong. He said, oh, the glory of God shall cover the earth. He didn't say no. He said the glory of God. Uh, he didn't say the glory of God shall cover the earth. As the waters cover the sea, he said, it is the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. The knowledge of the glory of the Lord. What's he saying? Because in the book of Isaiah, what the angel said is, Holy, holy Lord God Almighty, the earth is filled with your glory. So God's glory has been around. So the prophet now came and says, hey, no, it is not the glory of God that will spread. It is its knowledge. Come on. That's why we are preaching. Because it is now the knowledge of it. Because the angel said it has already been there. The glory of the Lord is already said, Holy, Holy Lord God Almighty, the earth is full of your glory. But then the prophet comes and says, the knowledge of the glory of God shall cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. So yes, that word knowledge comes from the Greek word I do. That means the awareness. That means as we preach, people will now become aware of the truth that the knowledge has been, the glory has been there. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 14 says, For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. The glory has been there. The glory has been there. It's this knowledge that we are bringing to people. Hallelujah. We are telling them Jesus has already taken it away. We're telling them Jesus has already made you kings. He has made you kings and priests. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. He made us kings and priests. So I, I, when I walk, I, I walk as a child of God. I square up. I become excited about life. I'm not thinking of, 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 of failure because, oh, the knowledge of the glory of God has the waters covered the sea. The knowledge of the glory of God has covered the earth. This knowledge is in my spirit. And I'm aware. I'm aware of that knowledge. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't as a child of God, I don't talk depression. I don't think depression. I don't think depression. I, 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 am, not the, I am not the sick trying to be healed. As a child of God, I am the healer. Now, you see, some of you are thinking, hey, am I truly a healer? That's what he calls you. Point number three, third John chapter one. Third John just has one chapter, so. Third John chapter one, verse number two. Behold, I wish above all things. That's another will. God's, God, God, the Spirit of God is breathing out here through the Apostle John. He said, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper. Point number three. God wants you to prosper. Don't listen to anybody who tells you that um, uh, our reward and prosperity is in heaven. My prosperity is not only in heaven. It's here too. Matthew chapter 10. Whoa, 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 whoa. This is amazing. You look at this. Matthew chapter 10. Um... Okay, let's read Mark's account. Let's go to Mark chapter 10, verse 29. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that had left house, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake and the gospels. Verse 30. But he shall receive an hundredfold now in this time. No, no. 
He shall receive another food in heaven. Now in this time, houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions. So you see why people like to insult men of God? It's part. It, it's, it's part of the now in this time. With persecutions. Jesus Christ added with persecutions. They are furious that a man of God is prospering. They have not seen anything yet. They have not seen anything yet. They, they, they are complaining that we, uh, we, 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 are, we have cars. We are about to buy jets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And nothing can stop it. They should get their, they should get their media apparatuses ready because they are about to be suffocated with our, with our prosperity. With persecutions. There's no true man of God who has not been persecuted. Jesus Christ said, Woe unto you if all men speak well of you. He said, And in the world to come eternal life. So yes, when I serve God, when I, I preach the gospel, I have, I have remittances on earth here too. He said, And in the world to come. I like the world to come. It's fine. But in this time, I'll collect it too. He said, In this time, he didn't say he shall collect um, uh, prayers. He said, Houses. Receive the houses. <laughs> he said, Shall receive houses. In verse 30, he says, shall receive houses. And brethren, you see, the, see, you see how I have brethren? But some years ago, I had to leave brethren. I had to leave brethren to go and serve God. Now, I have brethren plus those brethren and sisters. You know what Jesus Christ said? He said, anyone who does the will of God, he said, that's my brother, my sister. So it looked at a time that I was quite, you know, separated from my family because I was, I was going to preach the gospel and they were not accustomed to how, how uh, on fire I was. It looked as though I had been separated from the family. So I left my sister and I got many sisters. You see, all of you, they are my sisters. And mothers, you see, I have mothers now. Not only that, when I left my mother, of course, I'm, I'm still back with them, you know. But in, at a point in time, I had to leave. Because they didn't understand my giving. They didn't understand my speaking. They didn't understand my zeal. So mothers. And children. Last Sunday, four children came to sit on my lap. Whoa, I have children. And I like the other one. And land. Come on, receive that land. Receive that land. When you serve God, these things come. They, they come as Jara. You know Jara? He said, with persecutions. You see, all the ones I said, receive, receive. Persecutions, you, you don't want to receive. Receive the persecutions. <laughs> you know, they keep, they, they like talking about us as a church. They like, and the more they talk about us, the greater we get with persecutions. He said, in the world to come, eternal life. That's beautiful. Go back to 3 John, verse 2. He said, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper. God wants you to prosper. Believe me, that's his will. Any, 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 if you hear any voice, that says, for I have given unto you poverty, so that when you come into heaven, you shall enjoy it. That voice is not from God. That voice is not God. It is not the will of God. I said, it is not the will of God. The will of God is that I prosper. So if I'm not prospering, I am not in the will of God. God has nothing to do with it. He already wants me to prosper. <laughs> so when I prosper, I'm in the will of God. When I sign those checks for the gospel, I'm in the will of God. People have, have, have made it look as though when you are rich, you are going to hell. The Bible talks about durable riches and righteousness. You can be very rich and very righteous. Hey, Pastor, the Bible says that it is hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Let me demystify that scripture. Number one, he said it is difficult. He didn't say it is impossible. Number two, he said that with God, all things are possible. So when you are rich and you add God to it, you are entering. All right, let's look at it. Matthew chapter 19, verse 24. It says, And again, I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Verse 25. The, when his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, Who then can be saved? But he just beheld them and said unto them, With men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. <laughs> you be rich, eh? Have God in it. You are going. You are in there. You know, in verse 25, I was expecting if Jesus and his disciples 
were poor people. I was expecting they to have jumped. I said, yes, Jesus, that means we are entering into the kingdom of God. I would say, they were exceedingly amazed. Hey, Jesus, are you saying we are not going wide? The guys were loaded. <laughs> the guys were loaded. They were wondering, ah, Jesus, how can you say that? Jesus said, don't relax. Just relax. With men, it is impossible. With God, we are entering. People who are rich without having God, you see, their issue is that they trust in uncertain riches. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ called it the deceitfulness of riches. Their trust is not in God. It's in their money. Everything is money. And oh, money fails. Money fails. Money fails. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thou mayest prosper. Point number four, and be in good health. That's what he said. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper. And he says, and be in health. <laughs> and be in health. God wants you to be in health. It is the will of God. You know, one day I heard a story of a woman who got sick. And the man of God, R.W. Shambach, was, you know, listening to the young lady. The lady had recovered from the sickness. He said, man of God, I really want to thank God for my sickness. Thank God for your sickness? Why? He said, you know, God gave me that sickness to humble me. Then R.W. Shambach said, okay, can we pray? The woman said, yeah. Oh God, pray. So Lord, I pray that you give her more sickness. The one said, no. He said, don't you want to be more humble? <laughs> said, don't you want to be more humble? I thought humility is a great thing. We should be, we should be wanting to be more humble. They say the sickness was to humble you or you finish the course. <laughs> don't say those things. God doesn't want you. It's Jesus, the Bible says, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing them that were oppressed of the devil. It, it was not God making them sick. It was the devil making them sick. The devil was oppressing them, and God anointed Jesus to heal them. God is the healer. God is not the one who makes people sick. God does not punish his children with sickness. When a Christian walks out of the word of God, sometimes he can walk, uh, you know, like the Bible says in Psalm 91, that he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abandon the shadow of the Almighty. So when a man is with God, He's under that shadow. When he begins to walk in sin and walks astray, he leaves that shadow and the devil can pounce on him. It's not because God gave him the sickness. God does not, God does not correct his children with the devil's tools. God did not make you sick. When you're sick, don't say, God, please heal me. Don't say, God, please heal me as though he made you sick. Or God is holding your healing and he doesn't want to heal you. Heal me, Lord. Heal me, Lord. Heal me, Lord. What did he tell in the book of Exodus? He told them, he said, and I will bring none of these diseases up. God is not the one who makes people sick. God is the one who makes people well. Jesus Christ makes thee well. That's what Peter said. He said, he said, Aeneas, Jesus Christ makes thee well. Jesus Christ makes thee well. Oh, how I wish, well, you know, we can go to more hospitals and tell them that Jesus Christ makes thee well. I know we are going to plan a hospital invasion very soon. Jesus Christ makes thee well. Jesus Christ makes thee well. Arise and make thy bed. And the Bible says he, he arose immediately. Jesus Christ makes thee well. Jesus Christ makes thee well. I want to pray for you if you are sick right now. Jesus Christ makes thee well. That pain has left right now. That pain in the rib has left right now. That pain in the back has left right now. And you know, the, 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 there's, a, there's a young lady, you are having issues with your calf. Like you've been having muscle pull in your calves. Jesus Christ makes thee well. That breast pain, Jesus Christ makes thee well. Jesus Christ makes thee well. I'm, I'm seeing like a lady, you, you, you have um, something like heat sensation, heat sensation from your neck area down to your, uh, you know, up to your ear, through your head. You'll be having this heat as though some vapor is coming out of your head. Jesus Christ makes thee well. I rebuke that devil. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ makes thee well. If you've been going through depression, listen now, if you've been going through depression, I want to pray for you. Jesus Christ makes thee well. Jesus Christ makes thee well. Just put your hand on your head. Jesus Christ makes thee well. 
Jesus Christ makes thee well. I rebuke that spirit of heaviness. I rebuke that depression. In the name of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ makes thee well. Jesus Christ makes thee well. Sangro Davila, Casoda Ramande, Mando Cresque, Sasosamunca, Mantri Talite, Mantri Talite, Mondarasike, Talungrasica. Jesus Christ makes thee well. Monta Calista. Monta Calista, as you're standing there right now, the Spirit of God, the power of God is coming upon you now. And that depression is leaving you now. Jesus Christ makes thee well. He's not the one behind the sickness. He's the one that makes you well. He's the one that makes you well. He's the one that makes you well. An STD has been healed right now. Jesus Christ makes thee well. Monta Kilakosha. Monta Sota. Monta Sekeleba. Jesus Christ makes thee well. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other, Jesus is the way.